Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Borba here, and you're listening to The Wind Calm. With me is Kaden Jarvis. Welcome back. So this week, we don't have an episode that's fo- focused specifically on one sport. We're covering basically everything that's recently happened. So starting off, we're going to talk to you about Andrew Luck. Um, if you don't know, the 29-year-old former first overall pick quarterback has retired from the NFL. He's had many injuries that kind of derailed his career and kind of broke him down emotionally and physically. Yeah, uh, he was a, what was it, seven, four-time pro bowler. Mm -hmm. So we know what he could do, but the injuries just got the best of him. So he was a former first overall pick. He was projected to be the next Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He kind of had that physicality to where he was mobile enough to move, but he had a great arm, great accuracy, and he's obviously very intelligent, hailing from Stanford University. So I'm sure he'll be... Very busy in his off time, finishing his degree. If he or no, he already graduated. He graduated. He graduated. So he's probably going to dive into his field of architecture that he has his degree in. So that'll be interesting to see. But let me tell you about the quarterbacks from his class, because the 2012 class was supposed to be one of the better classes. Everybody was trying to get a quarterback from that class, and it. I don't think it's turned out how everybody thought. So first overall, it was Andrew Luck. Second overall, it was RG3, who's now the backup for Lamar Jackson on the Ravens, who might even get cut because of Trace McSorley. I don't know if the Ravens would prefer Trace over him, but he's definitely not a starter anymore. Could have had a good career, but same with him. He had injuries. Injuries, had that torn ACL in the playoffs. And then Russell Wilson, who's probably turned out to be the best quarterback in this class. Kirk Cousins, who he probably... Probably people think he could be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but I would say he's more on the average line. Um, he's definitely paid like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Definitely. Um, Nick Foles, who turned out to be a Super Bowl champion for the Eagles, he had an interesting career bouncing from team to team, but I think he's found his home in Jacksonville. And then Brandon Whedon, the, the former first-round pick for the Cleveland Browns. This is when the Browns really struggled to pick correct quarterbacks. This was, I think, in their streak of like over 20, over 30 quarterbacks that they had playing for them. It was really bad. Um, the Brandon Whedon experience is not an experience that the Browns fans want to go back to. But let's just say I didn't have high expectations for a rookie that was older than half the league already when he exactly. came. Exactly. He was probably like 37 when he left Oklahoma State. And <laughs> Not that old, but he was up there. <laughs> but Andrew Luck was sadly did not get to live up to his full potential. I don't think he even got to enter his prime. He was only 29 years old, so I think we were just about to see him at his peak. He just won Comeback Player of the Year, too, the year before. It was definitely taking a toll on him, but if you had all these injuries, like, let me let me tell you his injuries. If you had all these injuries and you were able to mentally be able to be there, be ready, he had a torn cartilage in two ribs, a torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney that made him pee blood, he also had one reported concussion. That that means reported. So that means he could have many more that he didn't say anything because he's definitely a team-first type of guy that would try to play through any injury. He also had a torn labrum, and th- which the torn labrum was a shoulder injury that really, I think that's where he kind of started to question if he wanted to be an NFL player anymore because he tried to recover too fast, and then it just set him back. And then he had to do things such as throw a Nerf football, he had to really work at throwing a football. He went from a Nerf football to a peewee football to a high school football. He had to work his way back to an nfl size regulation football, which is just tough. And I think when you know how good you can be and it's just not happening, like your body keeps letting you down. And then this past off se- or this rec- this current offseason, he had a, a recent calf or ankle injury. It's not really uh, – it wasn't really clarified on what it was, but it was something that 
I think kind of just pushed him over the edge. Not because it was that serious of an injury. I think they projected him to play by week one. They were just holding him out of the preseason. But I just think when you keep getting injured and injured, it takes a toll on you. You have to keep rehabbing. And, like, you're just worried about getting injured. In an interview with Zach Kiefer, he said, There was an uncertainty and apprehension. I was scared, scared in my core, in my insides. There was a time I was scared about football and my place in football. This was last year, so you could tell that retirement was kind of already on his mind. He was already thinking about leaving the game, and I, I'm sad to see him go, but I know he'll have a great life out of it. But what I am not appreciative of is the Indianapolis Colts fans booing him on on his way out of the stadium. That was just downright disrespectful. Yeah, uh, to treat your quarterback like that after he's given you basically everything he could, it's not classy. I now see the Colts as one of the worst fans in the league. But uh, I was watching a Pat McAfee interview on Colin Cowherd, and he was talking about how Andrew Luck had to rehab every offseason and how lonely of a process that can be. So when you're in the room by yourself just doing rehab over and over and over again, it really starts to take a mental toll on you. Yeah, because when you do rehab, it's not like you're you're hanging out with the team. You no. go You go straight to the trainers. You do whatever they need you to do. And then, then you have to work out by yourself whatever workouts you can do because you're already limited because of your injury. So Andrew Luck was probably never with the Colts at all, like the Colts team. Yeah. Do you think that he will ever make a comeback um, or return to football in any way, as in like I think announcing? If, I think if he returns to football, it would be either coaching or announcing. I feel like he's got a great mind for football, mm-hmm. so he definitely could thrive in either position. He could be like a Tony Romo of announcing and be like the guy that predicts every single play. <laughs> Or he could be like his former coach, Jim Harbaugh, and coach at the college ranks and maybe move his way up to the NFL. I don't know. Um, I do think, like Rob Gronkowski, who also retired at age 29, who said he just lost his love for football. I think because Rob Gronkowski said he was open to coming back, but he has to get that love back. Yeah. So I think if Andrew Luck were to come back, he would definitely have to find his passion for football. And I think he would have to just move on from the worry of constantly getting injured, I think he might have to go to therapy or he might just have to talk to people about how he feels because I don't think anybody really knows how he felt. Like, players suffer injuries all the time, but everybody handles it differently. Yeah, it was a shock to everybody, even his teammates. The I mean, he had said he had talked to the GM and the coach like a couple days before, but... Yeah, and for people saying it was selfish because it was so close to the start of the season, it's not selfish. It's a personal choice on his life, his own life, he decides when he gets to call it, not you guys. Like, he, you, would you rather him play through the injuries again and keep getting hurt and then come out and, like, say that he's depressed because he's injured or something? Like, you don't get to make that decision for someone and say that's selfish because it really wasn't selfish on his part. He gave the Colts everything he had, and it's not like you have a scrub of a quarterback behind him. Like, you have Jacoby Brissett, who, I mean, he's a backup quarterback, but he's pretty solid, and the Colts have enough talent around Brissett that they might contend for maybe a wild card spot. But, hey, if the Colts maybe drafted better and picked more people around Andrew Luck, maybe he wouldn't have gotten hurt so much and the, you guys wouldn't be in this situation. He was When he came into the league, he probably had the worst offensive line in oh, the league. He didn't have an offensive line until last year. Yeah. So for his, I mean, it was a pretty, sh- not short career, I think it was a seven-year career, mm-hmm. to only have a, like maybe one to two offensive lines. He was out there playing Russian roulette every game. He was bound to get hurt with how bad the offensive line was. So if you want to blame someone who's being selfish, blame the owners and the coaches for not developing people well enough and blame the owners for not drafting well enough. It's not on Andrew Luck. This is a personal choice. He doesn't owe it to anybody to play football. That's his choice. Plus, he's been playing football his whole life. So 
it's definitely been weighing on him. So you can't hold hold that against him. That just really annoyed me when they were booing him and people were saying it's selfish. And back to what you said about him being selfish, I think it would have been more selfish of him to play this year and only give about the 60% that he could and take his paycheck. See, I don't think that I feel like that'd be selfless because he's trying to give it all. I don't think Andrew Luck was ever in it for the money because he definitely could demand it like the most to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and he didn't. He he's too nice to demand anything. He's too nice. That's so, what Pat McAfee and Colin Cowherd were saying. They were saying how he needed to be more like Peyton Manning and go in and take control of the team. I just don't. I think he just wanted to be everybody's friend, which isn't a problem. No, I, that's just his style, and it worked. Andrew Luck was carrying very lackluster Colts teams to the playoffs, and so it's. I'm sad to see him go. Hopefully, he has a. A great life after football, and he, if he returns, I'm I'll be happy to watch. Maybe we could see him do something with the XFL too. Yeah, I mean his dad is one of the head people in the XFL, mm-hmm. so he maybe he could put some work into that. But moving on, we're gonna now talk about Ezekiel Elliott and his interesting situation with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has not reported to any camps or practices, and it does not look, and he's not played in any preseason games, so it's very looking very unlikely that he's going to play in the regular season week one game for the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones made a scandalous comment the other day when asked about Ezekiel Elliott. He said, Zeke who? Which that really rubbed Zeke the wrong way. Him and his agent both said they were offended by that. But Jerry Jones just recently said, I'm operating as though right now he's going to miss regular season games. My entire expectation for what we were putting together as a team right now would anticipate that he's going to miss games. I accept that. So the Cowboys are trying to move on with Tony Pollard and the other plethora of running backs they have. Let's see if they can match up to Zeke's um, productivity. I doubt they can just because he's one of the best running backs in the league. I just don't see why he's holding out right now when he has two years left on his contract. I see why he's holding out because the running back is a position where, like Todd Gurley, he got his money and now it looks like he's falling apart. But... Everybody's comparing it to Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith was on the final year of his con- like he didn't have a contract left. Ezekiel Elliott has two co- two years left on under contract, so the Cowboys really don't have to give him anything. And if he wants to sit out for two years, that's on him. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, and especially when running backs are so low and like not as deep as they have been in the past, I can see offering like holding out for a contract like Melvin Gordon, but. You're not going to get exactly what you want. Yeah, and honestly, running back is probably the easiest position to replace. Yeah, take what you can get. Because as a running back, even though Zeke is the best running back in the NFL, mm-hmm. in the NFL or one of whatever you think, there is, in this next up-and-coming NFL draft, there's DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne. Like, there's going to be a list of running backs that are mainstream names right now in college football. And then there's going to be guys like the Kareem Hunts of the world who came out of Toledo University and, like, nobody knew who he was and all of a sudden he became an NFL superstar. Like... Running backs are one of the most replaceable positions. It's sad to say they're not as important as they were back in the day, but running backs are just a position that not everybody needs. You want to move on to week zero college football? Week zero of college football. I was really excited for this. I was really excited about week zero just because college football is probably my favorite sport to watch, and they did not disappoint. No. Uh, First, we're going to start off with you want to start off with Miami and Florida first? Start off with Miami and Florida, yeah. All right, so going into this, I didn't think Florida was a top eight team. They're still not a top ten team. And after watching that that performance, it just 
it just confirms my suspicions about them. Everybody thought, which I was one of those people, I didn't think Florida was going to be a great team this year, but I thought Felipe Franks being under the help of Dan Mullins for a second straight year, I thought he would get better. But I feel like he's just, like, Felipe Franks is not an elite quarterback. Very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. But he seems to think he's very good. So let's let's have Caden read the stats just in case you thought Felipe Franks was good for some reason. So not a bad completion percentage, 17 of 27 for 254 yards. He threw two touchdowns, also threw two picks for a total of a 38.6 QBR, which is not good. Not to mention he fumbled and lost the ball. He lost a fumble. And this won't end up in the stat sheet anywhere, but during the game, he was, when his team was on defense, he was on the sideline turned around yelling at Miami fans. That's not something you want your starting quarterback to do. So would you say that's too cocky? I would say that's too cocky, and he he's very high on himself. After the game, he was getting interviewed, and the reporter asked him how he, was, how he thought he did, and he said, man, I was just in my zone. I don't know what zone that is when your QBR is like in the 30s and you have two interceptions and a fumble. I feel like that's in the zone of maybe some rust, um, not being ready to, pr- to play against Miami. Also, side note, Baker Mayfield was yelling at Kansas fans, so that was unnecessary. D- you, yep, you don't yeah, be a hypocrite. But, yes, nope, okay, that's he, it, that's it. He was yelling at them, but it was that's it, it. It was jokingly. It was funny. I mean, anyway, you, can, you can yell at Kansas when you're blowing I got, I got out. Caden on that. If you could see his face, he's, he, he didn't know how to respond to that. But He walked right into that. Back, back to Florida. Florida also got lucky in that game. Oh, yeah. They didn't get lucky, I would say. No, they their, got lucky. No, their defense played great though. Their defense was re- their defense is going to be the reason if they win games and compete this year, it's not going to be because of their offense. My Miami fumbled the ball a lot. Yeah. I don't know if they were how forced they were by Florida, but they fumbled a lot in the last minute and also there were penalties on Miami or True. Yeah, there my, was pen- they penalties team, going both ways. Both teams had over 100 yards of penalties and to, to your point about Miami, I don't think their quarterback, Jaron Williams, did that bad. No. Because a lot of people were saying that Tate Martell was going to be the starter and Nikozi Perry, the starter last year, was going to be the starter. And I think Jaron Williams, who he really didn't have any experience of playing important games. He was just more of a mop-up type of guy. I think he played pretty well. And I think that's a good sign for Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes moving on throughout the season. I just think that's a t- it's a tough game to just walk in and play Florida University. And same thing for Florida. It's a tough game to just walk in and play Miami University. Like, usually these teams are probably playing, like, an FCS school or, like, some, like, like random school that's not that good compared I, to them. I think Miami deserves to be a top 25 team after that. I think they will find their way into the top 25. Um, it's, I believe since... I'm not going to give you a year because I don't know the exact year, but every year for the, in recent history... A top 10 football team in college football has dropped out of the rankings, the top 25 rankings as a whole, and I do think Florida will be that team. I think so, too. Uh, Their play calling, too, was very questionable. There was about four minutes left. They're up by four, I believe. They call a a screen pass or something, and it gets picked off. And you should go online and look at the picture of Steve Spurrier's face. Oh, that was, that, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Steve Spurrier was like, that would never happen when I was they, a coach. They cut to him in the stands, and he just had the most confused look on his face. Like, why would you do that? Well, and I agree. They were, they were by their own goal line. Yeah, run the ball. Well, if you're going to run the ball, don't pitch it either. That, no. If you're going to pitch it or throw it, and like you better complete it. You have a good running back in LaMichael Pirine. I mean, LaMichael struggled that game, though. He did. He had, let's see, 
10 carries for 42 yards, but if it's a short down situation. I mean, if you're that far into your own end zone, you're probably not going to charge down the field anyway. True. Unless you're trying to be take a more aggressive approach. And they just really didn't have it in them that game. Florida got lucky. They escaped with a win. And I just think that Miami will end up being a better team by the end of the season. The turnover chain, it, it came out. It did come out. And, and so did the, the touchdown the touchdown rings. rings. Miami's Miami and their jewelry. Hey, it's a recruiting tool and it works. Moving on to what I think is one of the most interesting stories probably in sports right now. Carly Lloyd, a Team USA women's soccer player, is getting looks to be an NFL kicker. Arguably one of the best players on that national team too yeah she's definitely one of the leaders on that national team and she's get she kicked a field goal at a joint ravens at eagles practice i say joint because i was confused um everybody was saying like on espn and stuff they're like yeah she was at the eagles practice and she kicked a field goal and i'm watching the video i'm like why is the placeholder in a ravens jersey then if this is an eagles practice it was brought to my attention that they were joint practicing i did not realize that but she was hitting a 55 yard field goal that that's not easy it's not easy, and considering the fact you could say, yeah, she plays soccer, but kicking a soccer ball and kicking a football is way different, and she has a bigger target. Well, plus, when you're kicking a soccer ball, you have control of the ball. Yeah. When you're kicking a field goal, you're relying on that placeholder to not only get you a, a good hold, you want the laces out, but he has to control the snap. So you're also relying on someone else. And not only was it a 55-yarder, in practice, they narrowed the goalposts, the uprights. Right, so she, was, she also kicked... It was dead center, right so down the it wouldn't have mattered if that thing was, like, six feet wide because she would have hit it. There are some kickers in the NFL who can't do that. Cody Parkey. Sorry, Bears fans, but I had to say it. Uh, yeah, but she was offered two. She was offered to kick for two NFL teams in their final preseason game. The two teams have, renamed, have remained nameless. And she ha- and Keenan Allen which, had this to say. Which, sorry, before you get to the quote, she yeah. declined because the international team had a, um, a friendly with Portugal. Yeah, scheduling conflicts. Keenan Allen had this to say about it. Sounds sweet till somebody blocks the kick and all of a sudden she on defense. Would be like the stampede scene in the Lion King movie. And then continued to say, she do got a boot though. I believe that was a, an attempt for a nice save by Keenan Allen. Yeah. But honestly, if... How often do kicks get blocked? Not that often. And plus, she she knows what she's doing. It's not like she's never kicked a football in her life. She clearly can hit a 55-yard field goal, and she could probably extend it further. That kick looked like it had some extra mustard on it that probably could have gone back to 60 yards at least. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand where Keenan Allen's coming from. I just think that as a society, we're not ready for an NFL kicker that to be a woman, or actually an NFL player to be a woman in general. I just think we're not ready to be there yet, but I do think... It would be a great story if she did it because not only would it be an amazing feat, she'd be the first woman in history to play in the NFL, but she would most likely be one of the better kickers in the NFL. I would draft her on my fantasy team. I would, if she got the job to be, if she got the starting job, she would not mess up because no. as a soccer player, you definitely have more control of what you're doing with the ball because they're, they're putting curves on the ball, they're passing the ball, they're chipping the ball, they're crossing the ball. Mm-hmm. Like she, she has ball control. So to question that if she could kick a field goal in a game like obviously she's never kicked with the defense rushing at her but how often do nfl kickers get their kicks blocked like it's not like she's gonna think that she gets a free pass or anything yeah and in soccer she kicks with defense on her too yeah she kicks with people sliding at her like kicking her like so just because there's people running at her which if she gets hit which i doubt she will because there's so many rules protecting the kicker. Mm-hmm. Like she's not gonna get hit, and if she does, there's gonna be a penalty, and it'll be part of the game. 
And it, if she does get hit, that's what she signed up knowing that she played a, a contact sport, a violent contact sport at that. And I'm sure she's aware of the repercussions that could come with it. Yeah, and she had this to say about that. I would be foolish to maybe not entertain the idea of potentially doing it. I know there's some challenges. There's big men on the field. I'm not, or on the line. I'm not naive to that. But I'm not trying to be a quarterback or a running back. So she knows she's not going to be taking any big hits consistently. I don't. If you're saying that she shouldn't be in the NFL, I just I don't understand where you're coming from. If she can make a field goal, why does it matter what her gender is exactly. or what sport she's played? Because people have been signed off YouTube for kicking field goals. The Lions a few years ago signed a YouTube sensation that was like kicking footballs into trash cans, and he got a tryout. So why shouldn't why shouldn't she? Yeah, and going back to that, like the uh, it's not football, but like the the guy that the A's signed, yeah, who was throwing ninety seven in a in a game at a Rocky stadium. Yeah, he was just throwing 97 in the how fast can you pitch thing. And at the other day, he just he faced three batters in the game and he struck out all three. So, like, every, honestly, you just need an opportunity sometimes. Moving on to opportunities with Team USA basketball, I think Team USA basketball has an opportunity to not win the FIBA World Cup. Kevin, they might not medal. You don't think they'll medal? Kevin, they're not good. So, Team yeah. USA lost CJ McCollum. Damian Lillard, James Harden, LeBron James, um, De'Aaron Fox. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Like, you name it, they left. Team USA basketball for the FIBA World Cup has not been an attraction that people have been wanting to participate in. Their team consists of Kemba Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, uh, Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Who else? Oh, Brooke Lopez, Mason Plumlee. Chris Middleton, so a lot of guys that are good NBA players, but not really the star caliber players like the LeBron James of the world or the Kobe Bryant's of the world, who Kobe used to play on Team USA. I know he's retired. Um, they did turn down Carmelo Anthony, who's statistically one of the best Team USA basketball players ever, which mm-hmm. if, if you were to say Carmelo Anthony's getting blackballed from the league, I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, I don't know if I would totally agree, but I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, it's just... It's kind of a shame what Team USA has become oh, after yeah. the Dream Team and okay, the so Kobe. Recent, and recently, Team USA played Australia, and this was in an exhibition game. Whose best player is Patty Mills? Best player is Patty Mills. No or, knock on Patty Mills. No knock. He's just a, he's an NBA role player. Yeah. They have Matthew Dellavedova, who's mm-hmm. their starting lineup is Matthew Dellavedova, Patty Mills, Joe Inglis, Andrew Bogut, and I believe uh, his name's slipping my mind. I can't think of his name. I'll find it. But. They they do have players like Ben Simmons and Dante Exum who could play for the Australian team, but they're not on the team. Like these are just guys that are probably role players or low low tier NBA players. But they lost ninety eight to ninety four, and that's the first time a Team USA team with NBA players has lost in thirteen years, and that's just really mind blowing. I think somehow Team Team USA needs to make the appeal bigger for players to come. They have to get paid more. And I was surprised how many people turned down Zion Williamson turned it down, which I think it would have been a cool experience. He definitely would have had a great following for, I mean, Zion's probably the most hyped player in the NBA right now. Oh, and Aaron Baines, sorry, it slipped my mind. Aaron Baines is their their other starter. So it's really just a bunch of lower-tier guys, like I said. So for the fact that Team USA is struggling right now, I hope they turn it around because they do have – Players like Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell, who they're all stars, so they they should be able to beat these teams. And coached by Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich, yeah. Coach K is no longer the coach. Greg Popovich has taken the reins, and Pop is one of the best coaches in the NBA. So hopefully they could turn it around. Uh, people get mad that nobody wants to play for Team USA, but 
really there's no incentive for these no. guys to play. Like they it's the possibility of getting hurt. If you don't think so, look at Paul George when he snapped his knee or snapped his leg. Um, I think that was in 2012, 2013. And not many players can come back the way he did. Yeah, not not everybody's going to... He was young. He was able to bounce back. So not everybody's going to have that kind of like recovery. And they don't really have an incentive for these guys to go over there and play. Like, what what do these guys gain? Like, national pride? Like, playing for your country is not as popular here as it is in other countries like Greece, where all, all of the Antetokounmpo brothers are on the Greece national team. That's something that means a lot to them. Giannis even said that it would mean more to him to win the the FIBA World Cup than it would for for his MVP. So he'd rather give up his MVP than win the than the or he'd rather yeah he'd rather give up his MVP to win the World yeah. Cup. So that just shows that t- the USA as a whole just doesn't have as much pride when it comes to basketball. Once we get back to the the getting rid of the one and done rule, I would like to see what they used to do with Team USA and have the best college guys. Yeah, I mean, play. that that would be interesting. Or, honestly, just pay the guys. Give them what they want. Like, if you want Le- LeBron James to play on Team USA, make it so LeBron James wants to play on Team USA. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if he even would have played this year because he's filming a blockbuster movie. He is busy filming Space Jam 2. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean. Like, the players yeah. like Steph Curry, um, Clay Thompson's hurt, Kevin Durant's hurt, but Kyrie Irving... Like, you have to make guys want to play. There are so many guys that you could have. Yeah, like Mason Plumley and Brooke Lopez, great guys. They seem very friendly. They should not be on Team USA with the, the caliber talent that is in the NBA. So I just think it's more of a people wanting to play issue and rather than a talent issue. Yeah. It, yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. We're going to round up this episode. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore win underscore column. And just comment what you think about the episode. You can find it on SoundCloud. I'm Kevin Borba. He's Caden Jarvis. Yeah, DM us, too, on what your thoughts are. Yeah. Maybe we'll read them out. We got a DM the other day. Um, this guy, sent he sent the win column a DM about his college fantasy football team. And he had some solid picks on there. He had Sam Ellinger, probably one of the best kickers in the nation, and Cameron Dicker. Um, he did have a pretty solid team, though, aside from the Texas guys. Let me just bring that up real quick because... I got a notification on my phone. I was like, what is happening? And someone DM'd us with their their college uh, football fantasy teams. And so he had he has Michigan's defense, which is always really good. And it's not loading, of course. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, but like I'm saying, just DM us. We'll, if, if we like it, we'll read it out on, on here. Yeah, if you have any thoughts that you want to share, maybe a hot take that you want to drop, um, just let us know. I can't get it to pop up, so we're going to leave it at that. Give him a quick shout-out. What's his, what's his Instagram? His Instagram is Max, Maxi Akel. Maxi Akel. Maxi Akel. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but that's what it looks like to us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a follower, and we'll see you next week.